0: Irreverent, entertaining, cool.
1: You're listening to LA Talk Radio.
0: You're listening
2: to Sam in the Morning with Tori only on LA Talk Radio.
0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, June 19th. A beautiful day in L.A. following Father's Day. I had a great Father's Day. I hope you all did, too. Uh, Tori is out today sick, but I am joined uh by a, uh, a guest, co-host on the show today. Uh, Amanda, welcome to the show, Amanda.
2: Thank you for having me, Sam.
0: Of course, thank you for joining me. So uh, you, uh, you really saved the morning because without Tori, I don't know what I would have done. And um, also, uh, we're going to have a guest, a phone guest calling in a little bit. So that should be interesting. And uh, she's done a lot of things. She's written a book. She's an inspiring woman. So there you go. Are you like a uh, um, uh, a woman advocate, so to speak? I mean, do you believe in female power and empowerment? And well, obviously you do, right? Well, most Who doesn't? Who of doesn't want to be equal?
2: Of course. Yeah.
0: What kind of a stupid question was that? But I mean, I do no, I feel. meant do you go beyond that? I mean, do you have any like? Because I gotta tell you, I mean, I this is a conversation uh, I was looking forward to having with Tori today, but we ended the the show last week. By uh, me saying, you know, uh, uh, have a happy Father's Day to everybody and remember how important fathers are and all that stuff. And she's like, I don't agree. And I said, What do you mean? And she says, I, I think there's plenty of uh, single mothers that do a great job. Now, that's what I mean by a feminist because uh, most people I don't think would agree with that. You know, I think there's, there's solid uh, evidence. That uh, the absence of fathers creates uh, kids that are uh, educated on the street, you know things like that. Where are you originally from? I mean, are you here from L.A.? I
2: am. I'm actually originally from Burbank. Really? Yeah, born and raised. Oh,
0: so you still live there now? I do. Wow, that's awesome. What was it like being born in L.A. for you, or growing up in L.A.? Did you have you ever seen anything different? I mean, have you traveled anywhere?
2: Um, not. Not really. Not a no. lot. Not
0: a lot. No. Okay. So, <laughs> LA is all you know, really?
2: Pretty much. I lived in Arizona for about eight years. Uh-huh. Um, Lake Havasu. Fun.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> really? What were you doing there? Was that like your parents wanted to live there? Yeah. Or? We
2: all moved out there when I was, I think, like 16, 17. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, it was, it was something else, let me tell you.
0: Yeah, right? It's very hot out there, right? It
2: feels like you stuck your head in an oven. <laughs> really? Really?
0: <laughs> wow. So 8 years you lived there?
2: Yes. Wow. Sir. So you
0: were happy to come back to LA? Oh
2: my goodness, yes.
0: Yeah, wow. Sounds cool. And um do you have any siblings?
2: I do. I have three little sisters. I'm the oldest.
0: Oh, so you're like four girls. Four girls. Your father God. must have loved that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like you go at least one boy in the family. You, you know? would think, right? But it's sometimes it's different. It goes the other way. I know we have uh, family friends. They've tried four times and they all had boys all the time <laughs> until finally the fifth time they had a girl.
2: Yeah, they were done after the last one. Right? They That's a out. lot of kids,
0: man. That's a lot of kids to raise. So, uh, what was it like growing up? Did you guys get along for the most part?
2: We are so incredibly close. Really? All yeah, of you? Yeah, we're really close. How cool
0: is that? Yeah. Huh? So, you had a couple more, you can have a basketball team, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, now, in, in France, there was an attack uh, on a police van. Did you hear about that? that so, so, this is like the fifth time in four months that the security forces have been targeted in Paris. So people are, like, constantly uh, trying to destabilize the area. And, you know, what are you going to do?
2: I mean, there's really not much you can do. You never know when they're going to attack.
0: Right. But the thing is, we have to do something with the terrorists. And I think the problem is uh, that the immigration is out of control there and people come in and, you know, and sometimes it's even local things. You know, it's not even people that come from outside. It's inside people. So uh, I think those security forces have to uh, to really beef up the, the work and actually uh, be able to, to identify potential terrorists. You know, that's how it works. Uh, I know in Israel, for example, they prevent a lot of terrorism by identifying terrorists before they commit the crimes, you know, before they commit terrorism. Because these people blow themselves up. They don't give a shit, you know. No, they don't. Yeah. <laughs>
2: They don't, and it's sad. It really is. In all reality, like sometimes they look normal. They act normal. They don't have, you know, backgrounds or anything suspicious. So it makes it hard to actually identify them. I feel,
0: yeah. But that's true. Yeah. Well, but you know, the security forces. That's what it's about. It's not. It's not really about the way they look, but more about. I mean, you get like connections. You know, you go deep into the the network of of uh, terrorism and stuff, and you can you know you can find some of them out now some are lone wolves and you're right you can't really identify who that's going to be like especially here with our homegrown tourists you Mm -hmm. know you get someone crazy and they start shooting up like baseball games and and all kinds of people so uh yeah yeah it's sad yeah so that's in paris uh there's a few other things I wanted to bring up. I guess fa- Father's Day, did you guys do anything for your dad? I mean being four girls and everything.
2: Um well our father passed away.
0: Oh, so I'm yeah, sorry. It's okay. We I should have asked first, no, right? It's, it's totally People assume. Okay. How long ago did he pass? Um
2: 2009.
0: Oh, okay, so 8 years now. Mm-hmm. Wow, so you were all young.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So did your mom have to raise you by herself or did she remarry eventually? How did that happen?
2: No, um she actually passed away in January.
0: This January? Oh wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: Wow. No, so I raised my little sisters. Um, I actually still have my littlest sister. She I've had her since she was about eight years old and she's gonna be eighteen in August.
0: Really? So yeah. you've been raising them? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now the the age difference between you and the next one, how many years?
2: So I'm twenty nine. Uh-huh. My other sister is twenty eight.
0: So, I mean, you had to raise a girl that's a year. No, no, huh? she
2: helped me with the girls. Wow. Yeah, so we tag teamed it. Yeah. We were mom and dad. <laughs>
0: wow, wow. Yeah. Wow, so it's still painful to you. So, I, I you know, I mean, God, you it's know, okay. but, but you know what? It's like we talk here about destiny and fate and everything, mm-hmm. and people everybody's got their different paths you know and and shit happens to you and you go why does this happen to me and all this but you know what it's like uh you can't look at other people you got to look at your own life and say i need to learn from this you know and uh because you know in many ways people are also left uh even if their parents are still alive you know like for example my parents sent me here at 16 so i was without parents really i mean for uh uh, You know, for all purposes, so uh, so that was difficult. So I can imagine, you know, but but uh, this is probably part of the lessons of learning to 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 go out at it on your own.
2: Almost definitely, I feel like if this didn't happen to me, who knows where I'd be. Yeah, uh it has made me who I am today, and I'm proud to say that I'm a good person.
0: And and you've got a very close family with your Mm -hmm. sisters and everything, which is very cool. Mm Wow. You see, that's—I mean—that's an amazing story to me. You know, I mean, you you all raised yourselves together and everything. Uh, You guys have extended family, though, like uncles, aunts, things like that. We do. So we
2: spent Father's Day with our our uncle yesterday, Uh which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a
0: big family? I mean, a lot of uncles and aunts. No, not really. Not really. Okay. Well, that's cool. So. Wow, so that must have been tough. Now, were you able to finish school going through all this?
2: Yeah, of course. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah,
2: finish school.
0: <laughs> Where did you find all this strength? I mean, did you always feel you were like, you could be on your own independently?
2: Sometimes you don't have a choice. You just got to make it happen.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> I know, especially when you fend for yourself in school and stuff early on, you know. I know. It's not easy.
2: No, but it, like I said, it makes you who you are. Yeah. You can either fail or succeed, and Exactly, I'm not you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. You only hear once, you know, and you figure, whatever's thrown my way, I can handle it, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Uh, people go through a lot of stuff, and uh, but I can't imagine anything. There's anything people out there painful, that have it 100 you know? times worse than us. Yeah, so. you see, that's the thing, is that you're being humble, and... And modest, but uh, I can't imagine something like that. At any anyway, rate, but then there's people that take their lives and throw them away, like Bill Cosby, for example. Oh my goodness. Right <laughs> now, the ju- <laughs> the jury was uh, deadlocked and uh, didn't reach any decision over the weekend, even though the judge told them go back mm-hmm. and and deliberate some more. They couldn't decide. Try and imagine getting twelve people to agree on anything. You know I can't what I'm even saying? get
2: my sisters to agree on something, <laughs> let alone twelve people. Twelve people
0: in the jury are supposed <laughs> to agree that this guy is going to to jail for the rest of his life. That's tough to do. That's tough to do. It so, is. Uh, so uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I just hope he doesn't walk free because uh, there's just. Too much, too much evidence, I, I guess, or at least testimony, if nothing else. You exactly, know? there's just way maybe just too circumstantial much. evidence, but uh, there's a lot of testimony he's given, uh, deposition some time ago about giving girls things and mm-hmm. stuff, you know. So uh, I don't know. I want to see him go down if this is true because. Uh you just don't take advantage of girls like no, this, you, you know. Don't. And especially when you Bill Cosby.
2: Right? Who doesn't
0: trust you, you know?
2: Seriously. He's got such a trustworthy face. Like yeah, you, you know. look at him and you think, Oh, he's a good guy.
0: Yeah, you know, and so he was he always like a drink. fatherly <laughs> figure and everything. And you trust him. Yeah, always giving me a drink. Okay, it must be okay. Oh, thanks. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. But um, yeah, so, so so much for his career. If nothing else, at least his career is dead. Oh, yeah. that's you know, has for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you see any good movies recently? Like uh, about sharks and stuff? or <laughs> You know, it's Shark Week, right? This week. <laughs> oh, my God. I think. And uh, so the movie uh, 47 Meters Down came out. And that's about sharks. It is. Yeah. And, but it didn't do very well, I guess. So I don't know. Uh, or maybe they're just saying the movie sucked. <laughs> I don't know if it did well. It doesn't really say. But uh, uh, I mean, how many
2: more shark movies do we really need?
0: Uh, I don't know, really. But they bring us a lot of them, right?
2: Right? I mean, The yeah. Shallows, that was a good one. That had more of a storyline behind it. It was more Blake Lively versus The yeah,
0: Shark. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's not that it didn't do well. I misread the headline. It just says uh, the movie has sharks, not much depth. So, this is more of a review than anything else. I guess I should have read was the that damn thing.
2: Intended pun?
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure exactly that's what the pun is about. I mean, there's been some good shark movies, you know, like Jaws, for example. That's a classic. That's a classic. Uh, with the line, I think we'll need a bigger boat. That was <laughs> that, that was an amazing line there. You yes. know, it's like the understatement of the year. They go in this little boat, and then this huge shark comes out. My God. Uh, are you, do you have, like, any fear of the ocean, uh, fear of sharks, things like that?
2: Okay, so I offshore fish a lot. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. We're out here? and then Yeah, Malibu.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, there's,
2: like, certain areas where you can. Um, we sometimes will take boats out from Ventura, and it's a lot of fun. I love it. Um, yeah. But I pulled up a four-foot <laughs> gray shark one time off the shore, uh, wow. and I swear I will never go past my <laughs> knees I don't care how hot it is I will pour water on my body uh-huh. like that is scary
0: Wow. That thing
2: can take off my big toe
0: that's true right and you're like so you're standing on the beach when you do this yeah oh okay like a okay I get you so it's not like when you go fishing from the pier or something yeah no or from a like a jetty or something
2: yeah so sometimes we'll take out boats like charter right. boats and then sometimes oh, okay. we'll just go offshore it's a lot of fun
0: yeah so now do, do you Jump off the boat too? No, you don't. You don't oh, swim Lord out not there. You know. Okay, so you just go like fish boating and stuff mm-hmm. like
2: that. Oh, okay. Now the lake is a different story. I'll go the in lakes the lake. Different, but right? The ocean, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you go surfing at all?
2: Um, I've tried it a few times when I was younger, but. Not really my thing. Not
0: into surfing, huh? No. Yeah. I don't want to
2: lose an arm or anything.
0: (laughs) So you're thinking of the worst. You're thinking there's going to be a shark there, Oh, yeah.
2: Anything is possible. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, with sharks... I got to tell you, this uh, virtual reality experience, have you ever, have you seen any of these yet where you put on the goggles and it looks like you're there, you turn around and you see different things? Well, I got the, the PlayStation VR and it has a couple demos on there. And one of them is like, I mean, you don't these uh, glasses on. They're like goggles, Mm -hmm. right? And it keeps all the light out and everything. And you feel like you're in another world, right? Now, everything looks like realistic. And you're lowered by a shark cage under the water. And it feels real, right? so let's come back to that our guest is calling in right now perfect so uh we're gonna take the guest and then we'll continue talking about sharks and all that stuff right (laughs) yay sharks (laughs) all right so we're gonna be joined by melissa hall melissa are you with us i
1: am hi good Uh, morning
0: hi thank you for joining us uh are you on a speakerphone it'd be better if you can pick up the phone we'll hear you a lot better
1: sure
0: sure let me let me do that awesome where Melissa, where are you calling us is from this better? morning? Much better. Where? I'm
1: calling you from Yuma, Arizona. Oh, oh Yuma! Yuma, Yuma is pretty cool, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there oh, was. Gosh,
0: you know. Yeah, there was that uh, that movie about what the train to Yuma. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? Yeah,
1: three ten to Yuma. <laughs> That's yeah, there right. You know. <laughs> the same, so how, Yeah. So, I Melissa, you grew up here.
0: So. Oh, you did. I was going to ask, how did you I end did. up there? So. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, when you were in Arizona, you most likely were born there, right?
2: Typically. (laughs) Actually, I was born
1: in San Diego, so technically I am a California girl. I just grew up in Arizona. Oh,
0: I see. (laughs) So you moved in later during your childhood, was it?
1: Yes, yes, I did. My parents uh, moved to Arizona when I was, you know, um, young. Oh, and I think I was about four years old. So, what, yeah.
0: What was the attraction about Arizona? I mean, obviously it's hot, it's dry, it's, it's deserty, so right? What was the reason? I think
1: reason? for my dad it was employment opportunity. He oh. is a contractor, and Yuma was a very, you know, emerging community at the time, and so, or I think, you know professional reasons it was a good move for him and that's how we ended up here in yuma oh
0: okay and obviously you like it or you want to move away by now right (laughs) you know
1: what i keep trying to move away but i keep coming back so yeah the community is wonderful um i i give you know give you that yuma leaves a little uh, you know to be desired as far as it's you know attractions but the people here are, truly are great and uh, so the community is why I, I continue to find myself back in this town
0: that's um, awesome i have yeah. wonderful
1: friends here and and i do have family here so that helps to keep me yeah so that's
0: <laughs> home for you i can understand that but uh, i know you you do a lot of work where i'm sure you travel quite a bit right
1: I do. I'm an international keynote speaker, so I'm traveling at least once, once every two months to some different international location. I just returned from the Middle East. I was in Dubai and Oman. I was there for about two and a half weeks where I was uh, participating with a group of experts um, in a speaking tour. So I, I do. I travel quite a lot. My next trip will be in July and I'll be going to Tokyo.
0: Wow, very cool. So you go there as an American; they better they better figure out what you're saying, right? (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: You know what? In Tokyo, they do have translators, but in the Middle East, everyone understands and speaks English very well. Oh, I see. Very easy to uh, to uh, communicate with people. Um, You know, the Middle East has been one of the one of the destinations where I find most people have a lot of questions and. There's a lot of misconceptions, and I was definitely one of those people originally. I was a little fearful of going to Dubai, but once I arrived, what I found was, was a very um, it, you know, progressive uh, city. It's, it's truly a melting pot. There's every nationality, every religion kind of represented right there in, in Dubai. So it's extremely um, diverse culturally, but very welcoming.
0: I see. Okay, so it's not like the typical uh, Islamic country that we think about. I, I say they're a lot more no, advanced than West. I wouldn't
1: say so. I, I would say that it's, it's definitely more progressive than what most people would expect. Um, right. I would say that about eighty-five percent of the population in Dubai is represented by people from other countries. Oh. They've moved there for employment opportunities, and it is a thriving economy.
2: It is. It is most definitely.
0: Wow! Very cool. So. Y- so I can see that now so you do like speaking and stuff like that tell us what it is that you speak about what is it that you specialize in Uh, you've written a book as well we'll talk about that in a couple minutes sure Uh, so uh, I mean one thing that I found very interesting is you're a speaker on grief tell us a little bit about that I'm sorry
1: could you just repeat
0: the question I can't quite hear you yes uh, in in your bio here it says that you're a speaker on grief and uh yes. so that's very interesting because we also have a show here incidentally by uh the the jacksons which are who you think they are mm-hmm. it's the it's the uh yeah. nephews of michael jackson they have a show mm-hmm. here their mother was uh, murdered a few years ago and so they have a show on grief and they have people calling in and because i guess people do need to know how to deal with it right melissa i would say that grief is
1: one of the most um, personal journeys that you take. The, the grief cycle is, you, you know, I let me just give you a little bit of background. My, my oldest son, Drew, was four and a half years old when he passed away one morning um, to an accidental drowning. Um, it obviously devastated my life and changed me in ways that I can't even articulate in words, but... I like to think that this this grief that I have experienced has really been a beautiful teacher. It's a bittersweet journey, but the truth is it's revealed things within myself that has allowed me to kind of maximize my, my potential. I have a heart to serve others and to assist people um, in arriving at that place of where they're living their optimal life where they're truly engaged, they're, they're, they're vibrant, and they can see all the possibilities despite whatever their problems are at any given moment. So those are the topics that I, I, I like to speak about. My book, Lessons from Neverland, is kind of my journey through life. Life hasn't necessarily been easy, but it has been wonderful. And there is an art, I think, to finding the meaning through the challenges and the tragedies and even the traumas that we go through in life. But there are choices that we have to make to arrive there. And so I talk about the power of choice. And how you can truly choose to use, nom- use these life experiences as catapults into your full potential and greatness.
0: Yeah. That's
2: very inspiring. It you really know, is. Yeah.
0: You know, so you took you took something... Uh, uh, adverse, and you turned into something positive and and passed it on to other people and yeah that's a noble thing to do and and uh and very inspiring uh so Thank you. now uh d- do you did you have any other children after that
1: Yes, I am um, at the time I was a mother of two little boys, drew, who was four and a half, and devin, who was uh three he is now in his early twenties he's twenty years old he's a a very um active. College student at Texas Christian University. So, and I have a beautiful daughter. Her name is Hope, and she's 12. So, yes, yeah. we, um, yeah. we did. We had another child after the accident.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, so you're saying, I guess, when something like this happens, you start looking for answers, you start looking for meaning, right? And we were talking about this just before you called as well. Uh, what, I mean, you must, you've had many, many years to think about this. Uh, what would you say to someone? I mean, you know, you, you lose a child so young. How do you deal with something like that?
1: You know, um, I always encourage people to to reach out to other parents that have gone through this experience. I have found that just simply by, by having the example of how somebody else was able to deal with some very difficult um, milestones, you, the first year... Um, after you lose a child is probably one of the most excruciating because everything is punctuated by them not being there. Yeah. So it's extremely palpable. You can It's, it's just something that you can't ignore. Um, the other thing is to be patient with your friends and your family members because oftentimes people withdraw a little bit because they don't know what to say right. and they don't want to upset you. And sometimes in that effort they withdraw a little bit, which can be hurtful. So
0: step out
1: um, and really reach, reach across and, and encourage people to engage you and just be honest, to say, no, you don't know what to say to me. I don't know how to manage this either. But sometimes just being honest and saying, hey, I, I don't know what I need. I just need someone. To just be with me right. and at other times you really do have to understand that it's a personal journey yeah. it's not something that you do with your spouse which is something i originally thought that this would be something that we would do together that it would that he would understand my need for uh, to express my grief and to cry and to just you know need to commemorate his his life in some way and he really my husband at at the time, really needed to not. He needed to focus on what was, what was going on in the, in the present tense. So he went to work, and he worked very hard. Um, he dealt with his grief differently, and we, we ultimately didn't, didn't make it, you know, but that's, that's very common. But yes. the one thing I will say, we, we did find a way to become very good friends. Um, he dealt with his grief in a very different way than I did um, and it just unfortunately was more than the marriage could, could yeah. sustain yeah. but in the end we, we have you know two we have three children but two with, that are still living and they're beautiful and they're wonderful and we are blessed and we we honor that and yeah. so we are great friends we support each other in our efforts to continue on in life and he's he's just a, a, a great a great, fr- a dear friend at this point. That's so good. you have to be willing to allow people to grow. And Everybody. it may not be that you grow together. Unfortunately, that is one of the realities of grief. You have to be prepared for that. And it's difficult. So communication is, is critical. And I always do encourage people to reach out to a professional, especially um, if you're married. Uh, just to find ways to uh, communicate that maybe you're having some difficulties with. You know, right. not, all, not all communication is verbal. Mm. So what, what is, you know, what are the habits, what are the behaviors that are going on in your home that are different um, than before and how to, you know, address them in a, in a healthy and positive way so that you can give yourself every possible advantage to maintaining and holding on to your marriage.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I I've heard uh, many times that something like this, a uh, death of a child, will uh, will cause a separation or a divorce for a couple because, and I think you answered the why there, and that is because people deal with grief differently.
2: Yeah, everybody copes differently. Uh, it's
1: so true. And one of the misconceptions that I think, you know, you know, at least I had was that. He would be there to help me get through my grief and the truth is it's very it's 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 a personal journey and once i accepted that there was no one that could fix this for me and there was no pill out there that could take this pain away or this depression away i began to realize that the pain was actually teaching me something and the more i stopped running from it the more it became a blessing because it truly did answer questions and reveal things to me that gave my life meaning. And in that meaning came my purpose, which was to reach out and and help serve other people as they go through the bereavement process and to really just be an example of how to overcome the most unthinkable experience as a parent, which is to lose your child.
0: Right, right. For those of you just joining us, we're talking to Melissa Hall, and she's calling us from Yuma, Arizona. Uh, so uh, we've been talking about grief and stuff, but let's pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, sure. You, and we'll come back just to the book, because I want to get a little more specific about it. But uh, but I see on your website, uh, everybody can follow us. Go to melissahall.com. That's H-U-L-L dot com. Uh, I see you're also involved a lot in building, uh, helping businesses build their brands, their marketing. Uh, This, uh, I mean, you talk about influence and credibility and exposure. Tell us a little bit about that side of what you do, because apparently this probably emerged from all your pain and everything, and you came out as a winner, obviously. So tell us a little (laughs) bit about what this, and how this came about for you. Sure,
1: sure. Sure. Through writing a book, I I began to publicly speak, and then as I became more um, comfortable with public speaking, I was was introduced to television, and I have now created my own television show called The Ripple Effect, and in that process of building this brand, The Ripple Effect, and also building my name up as a, a keynote speaker. I ran into every problem you can think of. I, I struggled with getting the right team. I struggled with finding you know the right messaging. And so what I've done is I've taken all of the people that have truly been the instrumental kind of people to get me from where I was to where I wanted to be. And I have created a company. Um, it's called Globex Media Group. And we now consult people on brand and logo messaging and how to effectively can't, uh, find your target audience uh-huh. and then how to craft social media campaigns to engage
0: them so that you can create a massive following wow That's wow amazing. yeah so how did you learn all this by doing or how did that all happen i mean i'd like to know how to be an influencer right. <laughs> you know I've been having this show for you nine years i'm yeah. not influencing anybody go ahead
1: yeah <laughs> um, I found that one of the, the most effective things to do is really understand who who it is that's attracted to your message, and then really speak to them. Right. Um, there's a lot that I do with you know SEO, um, which is to keywords that I use in crafting my my social media messages, and then for each company, it's a little bit different. We 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 spend a lot of time getting to know. Who, what they're doing, what are their goals? What's their mission? What's their mission statement? How many employees do they have? What are their resources? What are you know? What is it that they ultimately want to do in one year, you know, three years, and five years? And then we we, we show them how to strategically implement social media campaigns and drip campaigns through um, CRM, which are uh, client retention. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Uh, platforms to continually stay engaged and it's it's it sounds pretty simple but it can be a little bit of a trick because you want to make sure that you're you're staying current and fresh and interesting and the the one thing that I know for sure is that they you know the people who follow you and watch your content consume your content they love to interact with you so ask questions have have contests you know just engage inspire them to do something cool and then ask them to post a video about it but the more engaged you can keep your audience the more they keep coming back and consuming your content and also they'll share your your content with other people and those are really effective for building right a, you know viewership so, or clients or you know just followers
0: right well that makes a lot of sense you know i mean i'm just wondering how do you interact because not all companies or let's say not all people have like uh really creative or interesting stuff you know like let's say you took a company that just make, sells a commodity or something okay computers or something or maybe even something uh, uh simpler than that you know how do you get people to engage with that you know I don't know, I guess well, with computers with, with, you would. It's, yeah, no, yeah I, I, no. I
1: appreciate the question. Yeah. I, like I said, you know, I am a public speaker and an author and a TV personality. I went out and I found experts that could help me craft those messages and I have we've identified the right questions to ask anyone, any entrepreneur, any business owner, any speaker or author, to really find out what is their core message and who are they trying to attract. Right. And then truly it's about a deselection process. You want to deselect everyone that you're not trying to reach and really focus in on that group, that right. that key group of people and then really engage them. It's a process.
0: Right, it's right. Yes. Process. But that is what marketing is about, is finding your market segment and, and focusing on that and, and building your niche and everything. And I, I totally agree with that. So uh you've come a long way, Melissa, uh through your grief, uh Business, creativity, I see you also an artist as well. What do you do in your spare time, if oh you have gosh. any? Um,
1: some sleep. Sleep is usually something. No, I, I, I have a wonderful life. I, like I said, I have two children that I stay very active with, and when I'm not traveling and working, um, I do. I love to paint, I love to cook, and uh, spend time you know, at, at home and in nature. I love being outside and in, in the sunshine.
0: That That was great to us, yeah. So move back to California. That's where yes, it's at. Come back. T- I mean, my, uh, you my know, God, we
1: produced out of LA, so I'm in California all the time.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like somebody posted on Facebook. You know, like uh, where was it? Like uh, Phoenix or something? 115 degrees. I'm like, my God, man. We think 99 yeah. is bad here. 115 you know? degrees is nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I
1: think today it's supposed to be 117 oh here my in God. Yuma. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah, stay, stay indoors, I know. It's like you yeah, can you can actually time. fry an egg. And, no, and most definitely. Hood, right? When I
2: lived in Havasu, we used to have like, we would put cookies <laughs> on a cookie sheet and leave it outside. <laughs> yeah, right. And we would literally come yeah, back out would, a few hours and there would be cookies made.
1: That, isn't that so, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. It's, it's fascinating that we live in these climates where you can do that, but it's so true. Yeah. It's oh. one of the things that I do with my kids, you know, when they were young, we used to take eggs and just kind of crack them on the cement and just watch them kind of you know, right before our eyes.
0: Oh, my God. So it's not just a joke. You can no, actually it's real. do that. Wow. real. You know, whatever
1: you can do to entertain little ones, you know, you get creative. Most definitely. There you go.
0: Well, Melissa, the, the book is Lessons from Neverland. Uh, briefly, what the book is about and how can we get it?
1: Well, the, the book is about my life. It's a memoir. Um, as I mentioned um, early in the interview, life hasn't necessarily been easy. It's definitely been a journey for me. And what I what I did was I wrote about the different life experiences that I've had and what I what I was able to learn from each one of the experiences. And they're difficult. This is you know th- this is an emotional read. I, I'm honest. I'm very open with some some details of my life that. Um, maybe you know sometimes it still feels like I'm a little exposed if right, you know, but yeah. I knew that I needed to be honest right. so that people could truly see the value in what it was I was saying right. there is a way to find meaning in any circumstance and I, and I mean that sincerely because I've, I have found a way to do it and you know I don't profess to have all the answers but I certainly have found answers that work for me and hopefully they can be a guide for someone else because I truly want to make a difference. I am blessed to have people that were there for me in some of the lowest moments of my life, encouraging me. No one can do it for you, but I definitely had people be remarkable guides and and their guidance was so instrumental in me finding my own path Mm -hmm. and and arriving here. And so that's why I wrote the book. The book is really my way of, of paying it forward for all of the, kindness and love and support that was bestowed upon me throughout my life and also some of the, the meaning that i had to really dig deep to find yeah in hopes that it would make it that critical difference in the life of someone else
0: yeah and you got quite a story there the book is lessons from neverland uh, melissa hall you guys can uh, look it up on amazon uh also go to melissa's website uh, Melissa Hall, H U L L dot Can uh, are there links? Uh, how can people find you on social media and stuff if they want to quickly?
2: Yeah,
1: Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter. I'm I'm on all LinkedIn. I'm on all the major uh, social media platforms, and then of course my website, MelissaHall.com. Um, you can I'm I'm aired on WBTVN. The Ripple Effect airs every Thursday at one uh, one p.m. Central Standard Time. So you can find my content, you know, in many different areas. But I, you know, I, I post quite routinely to Facebook, and, and my we air once a week on WBTVN. So those platforms are, are very active. And then again, my website, MelissaHull.com.
0: Great. So you're all over the place, and it's not <laughs> hard to find you. <laughs> She's a
1: Strong woman. You know and I'm not so hard to find. I, I definitely stay engaged with the, my followers and my and the people that. Um, that reach out to me I definitely answer and so they can private message me on Facebook and um, if they're interested in in you know a consultation they can just uh, let me know by either going there and private messaging me or going to my website and there's filling out there's a there's a form that you can fill out and I will definitely contact you
0: Sounds great. You
2: are truly inspirational, Melissa.
0: Yeah, Melissa, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for spending a few minutes with us this morning. Uh, if you guys go to the website, you can find links to all uh, uh, to all the social media and everything on the bottom. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff here. I mean, wow, you've taken some nice videos of Dubai. You actually, you obviously <laughs> liked it a lot. <laughs>
1: You know at dubai it was, it's an amazing it's an amazing place i really have to say that it, it's one of the destinations that has truly like opened my eyes to what the possibilities are for our world i think that if we all um, broaden our understanding of each other we truly can have a, a world that's filled with peace and inclusion and uh yeah. They're a great example of of how to accomplish that.
0: I yeah. Believe. And we'll leave that for another show because the question is how to do that <laughs> when uh you know because <laughs> yeah yeah no, because you did you did, uh, you did mention that Dubai uh, represents all religions and I don't quite find that to be the case. But uh, but that's for another show altogether. Uh, we're, we're, sure. we'll, we'll leave the, <laughs> the Dubai reputation as nice as you saw it. And I'm seeing some great video of you like uh, with the pyramid in the background and everything. So it sounds great. Yeah. Everybody check out the site filled with information and you can't lose. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us again and all the best to you. Continue to to you and everything you do
1: thank you melissa thank you so much for having me i truly appreciate the opportunity
0: of course bye-bye so yeah so there's another woman's story and uh about overcoming adversity and uh
2: I felt like yeah. it was destiny to talk to her for how, you today, yeah. right? How wow. weird is that?
0: I know, and we touched on these topics and everything. And it's not every day that people do because, and you know what? She said something very interesting. It's like you never know what to say, right? You don't. What do you say? You, there's <laughs> the, the worst <laughs> there's thing no that words. people
2: can say, like immediately after, is "How are you doing?" That was the one, qu- like it. Yeah, us, like, like like how do you think we're doing? Right.
0: Like we but, don't, but, we but, don't but 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 people are trying to show they care though. You yeah, know? but
2: it's coming from somebody that that you know went through it right. and everything. It it just kind of got overplayed and a little annoying. It was right.
0: Like, so breathing. you wear a t shirt says, "You know what? I feel like shit." Oh hell don't yeah! Don't ask me.
2: Hell yeah! I have not had my coffee. I do not ask me anything.
0: <laughs> oh but, wow. yeah. But that's the point, you know, is that when you find meaning in these things, then you you actually do something about it, you know, and it guides you throughout your life, you know, so...
2: I strongly believe that God doesn't give you things you can't handle.
0: That's true. That's true, right?
2: Apparently, he thinks I'm a badass, so. Yeah,
0: right? <laughs> He's going to keep throwing spinballs <laughs> like, at can you. Can I just get a break, please? <laughs> I mean, yeah, please. right? <laughs> well... Oh. Well, uh yeah so let's talk about uh cooler things. so we were talking about Instagram and influencers and everything so apparently now I mean you know some people obviously have like hundreds of thousands of followers some mm-hmm. people have millions uh so Instagram wants influencers now to label the sponsored post sponsored sp- sponsored posts because. Uh, they, if it's advertising, it needs to be marked as such mm-hmm. by the uh, by the government. You know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> on Instagram, me. you go, you see two pictures, and then there's some type of sponsorship or advertisement, and. You literally are just constantly seeing them. I will sit on my phone for maybe five minutes and go through Instagram yeah. and see.
0: Right. But you know what? I'm not even talking about these because these are like clear commercials and stuff like that, advertising. Mm-hmm. What they're talking about, let's say like Kardashian or something pushes some brand or something. Yeah. You know, and she just does like a video or something. To them, that's like advertising. It is. It right? Because
2: they're getting paid for it.
0: Right. So they they want them to... Uh, actually market as such and it's going to say paid partnership with and they, yeah and they're going to introduce this and uh, that's that's the case so the saying right now that the FTC so the FTC the Federal Trade Commission requires that uh, that any advertising is marked as advertising, you know that 's why when you look at newspapers sometimes or even on the internet it 'll it look it looks like real content, mm-hmm. but it says advertisement on Yes, there, you know yes. they make it look like a real story but uh So, yeah, so that's why they require this, but they're saying that 93% of people on Instagram that are influencers, like of the 50 most followed celebrities on Instagram, 93% were not labeling to explain the connection between the brand and them.
2: I mean, in all reality, going back to marketing, it's actually like a really good marketing scheme if you think about it. Right. But at the same time...
0: Yeah they they you know they have to they have to disclose what they're doing in yes. other words you know yes and because people uh followers of celebrities are so e- easily influenced, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, she's wearing this color this perfume, I'll wear it too, you know.
2: Yeah, it's like the the Kylie lip kits, how yeah. fast those things went off the shelf. And I yeah. literally every single person I know has at least one shade of her lipstick. And
0: Really? And who's that? What she started Kylie a, Jenner? Yeah. Oh Kylie Jenner. Yeah, okay, Kylie Jenner, Jenner, Jenner yeah. I know Jenner. Okay.
2: Yeah, she started a lipstick line and it's actually a really good line. I'll give really? her that. Yeah. Wow. It lasts a long time. So,
0: yeah, and you see, because of her exposure, mm-hmm. she was able to make it big quickly, probably, yes. right? Yes, it yeah. blew up. Wow, very interesting. So, yeah, so, you know, if you're an influencer on Facebook, I don't know anybody. I don't really follow people with a lot of, because uh, celebrities don't really matter to me. I follow normal people that I've met or yeah. or companies or organizations, whatever, you know, something that's interesting, but... Uh, it's just, society but Kardashians nowadays. are not, yeah, not interesting to me. You know, people
2: like my age group. That's all they care about right, is what's Kardashian. going on with the Kardashians <laughs> and the Jenners and the boob jobs and all yeah. that. It's ridiculous, but at the same it is, time, right? like we're sucked into this.
0: Right, it's <laughs> true enough. I'm not by the lie. media. I mean, there's so much of it going on. It's un- unbelievable, man. It is. Yeah but uh, so what's your uh, favorite social platform Uh, you like Instagram more Facebook Twitter where do you spend most of your time
2: I like Facebook and Instagram Uh Um, Facebook mainly to like connect with family and whatnot so you know you don't post anything that you don't want family or you know your boss or anybody like that (laughs) to see Um, Instagram is more like friend based where you can post you know funnier Mm -hmm. things
0: that's it. That's interesting how you separate it in that way. I never thought it's of smart. it in that Can't way get in before. Trouble. <laughs> Right, that's true. So keep the young generation on on uh, on Instagram, while the rest of the family is. Yep, uh, I exactly. Get you. <laughs> and you think they don't follow you on Instagram too?
2: I'm private. <laughs>
0: Oh, really? (laughs) Wow.
2: Uh, Good luck, family.
0: Yeah. That's funny. So if you're private, obviously you're not concerned with having a million followers. You're more like, let me just enjoy this. If I don't know
2: you, I'm not going to be your friend. Right.
0: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Why waste your time? Yeah. People you don't know. It's funny how Instagram will uh, suggest... People to follow, right? Yeah, it's always like, why would I follow this asshole? I don't, I don't know, know care this about person. It. Yeah, who like are really, they? he
2: looks like a stage five <laughs> clinger. I don't need that. No, sending me messages. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> ever is going down in my DMs, so it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, uh, we're almost at the end of the show, folks. Uh, I wanted to just mention that I guess uh, we were talking about what was last week, an upcoming interview between Megan Kelly and Alex, Alex Jones. I guess it happened, but the ratings were low. Uh, unfortunately, in the article, they're not saying anything uh, about the the content of it, and I'm So I'm looking forward to actually watching this and see what that cuckoo actually has to say (laughs) about, no, really, he says that 9-11 was an inside job and that Sandy Hook was uh, a hoax. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in order to push new gun control measures. So this guy's way out there, but uh, we were, at least I was curious to see what he was going to say on the interview. So I'll try to catch it now. Okay, everybody, so we thank Melissa Hall again. Check her out. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you
2: so much for having me, Sam. Of
0: course, you're a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, Everybody, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow.
2: You're listening to Sam in the Morning with Tori only on LA Talk Radio.